And welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Been a little while since our last episode, and now we're into our next campaign, Fates Split. We are joined by a couple of classics, John, Xander, and Heather, and Joseph, you've heard in a couple of one-shots. Welcome to the game, Drew. And I am your DM, Robin. And now we begin Fates Split. We begin in a forest. The canopy above you is incredibly thick. Only the smallest slivers of silver moonlight can penetrate through this thick roof of plant life. Quiet bugs in the distance chirping away, the occasional hoot of an owl, rustle of branches. Celine, you have just left your hometown village of Nerilia, a small settlement buried in the heart of the Eternal Shade Forest. You are beginning your journey of self-discovery and exploration of the world, a tradition held very dearly by the drow who settled in this forest so many years ago. You've been sent on your way and you've begun your journey and you are now on your second night in the forest. As you continue through the forest, you hear all this, the typical sounds of nature around you. And as you settle in, I would like you to roll a perception check. 14. On 14, as you progress through this forest, you begin to see small motes of soft green light off of the path you are following out of this forest. And I'd like you to roll a wisdom saving throw. 23. 23. <clears throat> you can feel the pull of something not unnatural, but supernatural feels like the wrong word. Something out of the ordinary pulls at your heart, <clears throat> but you are not thoroughly drawn to it. Would you like to settle in for the night or would you like to follow the lights? I'll follow the lights. Okay. As you follow the lights, you walk for what seems like days feels like days, although you're not getting tired. Something is re-energizing you with every step as you follow these lights one by one into this absolutely dense brush. But it's almost as if the plants move out of your way, creating a new path for you to follow. Each light as you approach it dims into nothingness as a new one appears somewhere in the distance and you go to that one, and you do this, you don't know how long. As you progress, you find yourself at a strange peninsula. Flow running water swirls around you on either side. You can see the trees 
and sharp moonlight shining down on this one bare area in the center of the forest. Please feel free to move about. As you continue to step forward, those soft green lights that you had been following seem to be everywhere in this area. Strange shadows dancing in multiple directions. You stand before a large, dead tree, strangely shaped like a skull with branches shooting out from the top of it, reaching into the sky, almost as if it's trying to reach for the stars. And as you stand there, you hear a soft voice calling into your mind and into your heart. Fine. Can I see anything else around me that seems off or is the voice coming from the tree? You're not entirely sure where the voice is coming from. It seems like it's actually echoed from each of the lights surrounding you simultaneously. And I walk up to the tree and kind of tell how old it is or how long it's been dead. Figure out. Walk up to the tree and roll me a nature check. Well, I don't know shit. I got a five. Yeah, you can't tell how old this tree is. Again, the voices call out to you. Celine. I know it's a dumb thing to do, but can I try to follow the voice? It seems to be coming from everywhere around you, almost begging you to answer it. Oh. Well, Celine, are you there? I guess I'll answer back. What will you say? Hmm. Who's there? Like a gust of wind, you hear a sound that speaks a voice that you have known from your school teachings. Growing up, you've heard the elders say this name. Elrissam. And as you hear that voice, each light around you begins to brighten. More and more light begins flooding this peninsula until the tree ignites in tall green flames as a giant female-shaped woman wreathed in green fire stands before you and looks down at you with a very gentle smile. You have found us. Thank you for coming here. The fiery, wom- the fiery woman bends down and extends a five-foot-wide hand out to you, palm up, with a very gentle smile on her face. Do I recognize her? You recognize the name. Do I know that I can trust her? Your entire lifestyle is based around her. Okay, so I will gracefully um, reach my hand up to for hers. Do you touch her hand? Yes. 
the instant that you do, you are wreathed in green flames and your vision goes white. You see before you images of forests burning down, earth wrenched apart as molten lava spews from the ground beneath, oceans freezing, cracking apart, melting and freezing again, over and over again. You see your entire world being torn apart thread by thread. And then you hear that soft voice again. We fear this is our future. There are many forces that keep this world intact, and one of them has been corrupted by a man on this planet. Please help us stop this man, and we will help you forward. Well, how do I fix it? First, you must find the man who is corrupting this force. We were once known as Titans, Molders of the Plain. One of us is being pulled away from his duty. And how do I find him? Something is telling me someone is calling for help in a town called Hastholm. We can take you there, but that is as far as our reach can go at this moment. Well, then that's where I'll start then. As soon as you say that, the green flames encircling you grow brighter and taller and everything shifts from green to white. And you feel a surge of energy move through your body. You are now level two. And now we will move to Vice. Vice, you know you are sleeping right now. You are trapped in that same recurring nightmare that has been plaguing you for as long as you can remember. You find yourself surrounded by a desolate landscape, broken rocks and ruins, shattered gear works for some reason, bubbling lakes of poison. You may choose to move forward. I'm going to make my way through this landscape step by step where I see something that's seemingly emitting light as you approach the first orb I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw what a six six does not succeed your dream begins to mold itself around your memories Memories of bullies, schoolyard friends, kids in town, whatever you want to call them. These are faceless children kicking you, laughing at you. He's so weird. I wouldn't want to be like him. God, why didn't his mother just kill him when he was born? What's wrong with him? These words echo through your mind over and over and over and over and over. You wake up in a cold sweat. 
you find yourself in your bed. It's dark. You don't see much. A small candle on your nightstand gently illuminates the room surrounding you. I really must find a way to get rid of these nightmares. Um, Vice would sit up and swing his legs to the edge of his bed, sitting on the edge, uh, before resting his hand or his head into his hands, uh, trying to make sure that he is in fact awake. As you rub your eyes, you can feel your hands pressing into your eye sockets. You breathe slowly. You smell the familiar smells and the familiar scent of the almost solid wood room that you are surrounded by. To make sure that you are awake, you stand up and you walk over to the small dresser on the far, far wall of your bedroom, where there is a small framed drawing of your mother, Natalia. This, this picture has been your rock, your proof that you are no longer in the nightmare because that picture is never in your nightmare. You never see your mother in your dreams. And as you look up from the picture, you look into the mirror at the back of the dresser on the wall. Vice, would you care to describe yourself? So, yes. <clears throat> uh, staring back at him through the reflection of the mirror, Vice would see a young man uh, of about five, five foot ten, uh, pale, very pale skin with almost bleached white hair and gray eyes, or excuse me, pitch black hair and gray eyes. Um, he's got a very scrawny build to him and, uh, it seems that tonight he actually fell fell asleep in common clothing and not his normal nightwear. Uh, around his neck, he would also have a, a almost a bandana or a piece of cloth just kind of draped around his neck. Where would you like to go from here? Would you like to go back to bed or would you like to wander? Uh, seeing as though Vice is awake at this point, he might make his way to the door and take a short jaunt just to get some blood flowing, try to put himself back into a more stable dream state. Okay. Feel free to step out of your room. Right, and into the and into the hallway. And, into and the as, hall you, as you step into the hallway, it is extraordinarily dimly lit by the few wall sconces that are still burning. You look around, and you can see the glimmer of the candlelight off of the brass statues that line this hallway. You can only faintly make out 
the pale blue carpet that runs up its center. Staying closer to the walls where he can see more clearly, he would make his way north from here. Okay. Walk until I tell you to stop. And stop. At this point, I would like you to roll a perception check. Why can't it read a uh, 12? You can hear, coming from the north end of the hallway, the muffled murmurs of a man. You say muffled murmurs, so I'm assuming I can't recognize a voice with how faint it is. You're not entirely sure on the voice in this instance, but you will assume that it is the master of the tower. Okay. It sounds different to you somehow, but you can't be sure whether or not it's just because it's muffled or if it's a different person. Uh... I am going... Vice would assume that the conversation is not meant for him to be heard, or for him to hear, and he's going to make his way across the hall uh, to the far wall and then wander back, making a small loop back towards his room. Okay. Let me know if I should stop anywhere. You make your way around the hallway... As you step away from the north end of the hallway, you stop hearing the muffled sounds of that man. And you return to your room. Will you be going back to sleep? Uh, Vice would likely sit on his bed for a moment, just trying to recall portions of the dream, uh, and crawl back into bed and go back to sleep. Celine. Yes. As the white light that surrounded you begins to fade, you find yourself at the edge of a forest, or at the edge of the forest that you were in. You have a sense that this is significantly farther than where you were originally. <clears throat> But a voice is telling you, in your head, you assume this is Harrison speaking to you again. Southwest, follow the road. And as you begin to step to the edge of the forest, you hear the muffled sounds of a small party of people. you can hear the burblings of the water of a small stream, the rustling of the trees, and the gentle conversation of a group of people coming down from the northeast. What would you like to do in this moment? Can I transform into an animal? What would you like to turn into? Um, a cat. So you'd like to expend one of your wild shapes to turn into a cat? Yes. Okay. You are now a cat. Orphans! 
though. Ever since the debacle back at Gerlach, and Nesmin sending you on your way to Hastholm, you have been on the road for a couple of days, and know that you have a couple of days left on your journey before you arrive in Hastholm. You are approaching the end of your day on a small path side-skirting the Eternal Shade Forest, following a river. What would you like to do? Uh, which one of us heads the map? It's a very good question. Uh, uh I believe that would be me. Catan's going to go over and tug on, tug on your shield. Are we there yet? I'm tired. Can we take a rest? I feel like we will probably be traveling for at least another day or so, so a rest is probably a good idea. Those trees over there. Trying to stay off the road. Yes, that would probably be best. Feel free to move your tokens wherever you would like to settle. Celine, what are you doing in this moment? Um, can I see them from my current position that I'm in right now? You can't see them through the brush, but you've heard them move into the brush. And you have a general sense of where they have decided to settle. All right, so I'm going to move closer so that I can kind of investigate them and try to figure out maybe who they are and what they're um, doing. You find a nice spot settled underneath some bushes behind a tree. And as you peer out, orphans, would you care to describe yourselves and tell Celine what she sees? Uh, you see a, a small sized Aragon with gray fur with gray spe uh, black speckles female pretty hyperactive even sitting still she's not sitting still real quick for those at home would you mind describing what a Aragon is ah my apologies um a rabbit rabbit folk uh bit more of a hair like than a rabbit though so it has a bit more bit lankier longer ears in proportion to the body bigger eyes all right and who else would like to describe themselves as Celine spies on you from a distance okay <clears throat> so you see a rather not super big but like around six foot tall black and brown turtle with a very nasty looking beak and piercing red eyes he's also carrying a shield that looks almost identical to his shell even though like when you look at him the beak looks nasty but his face itself has like a calm almost friendly expression on it yeah, that's that's pretty much boss. And for me, uh, what you see for me is a black 
tiefling, which for anybody back home, it's basically a sort of a demon with a long tail, a demon person basically. Uh, so it has black skin, has like speckles of white all over it, like stars, um, silver eyes, uh, has like a bit of a hood going on and sort of looks a little bit more reserved to stay out of the way. Celine, would you like to move from your position or are you happy where you are? I'll move a little bit closer, but still trying to stay a little hidden. Yeah, I'd like you to roll a stealth check. And the cat... Cat has a plus four on their stealth. 23. Pretty good. All right, orphans, what would you like to do as you settle in for the evening? Sun is still on the horizon, but very low. Night is all of an hour away. How high is uh, the lowest branch on the tree that we're under? The lowest branch on the tree that you're under is 30 feet up. 30, 30 feet up? The, the tree that you have chosen has a six foot diameter. It is ridiculously tall, but offering plenty of shade. I'm going to attempt to climb up to the, to the to the lowest branch. Okay. Uh, let's see real quick. Have anything that will aid you in that? Um, I have a dagger. I can, so I can use as a type of uh, pick to help uh, get a grip. Help her up a little bit. Try to at least. Roll athletics or acrobatics with advantage. Acrobatics. And that would be a 24. Okay. We'll call that a success, but I'd like you guys to describe how you pull this off. So I'm just going to stand at this, like the base of the tree and just like have my hands ready, like trying to sort of lift her up when she runs up to me. She wants yep. to run up. Yep, I'll run up and uh, kind of like do a, a bit of a bounce up and then just uh, use my claws and my feet to try to wall climb using the knife to get an extra grip as I move up. You have yourself situated 30 feet up on a branch that is wider than you are. And uh, um, get myself comfortable and stay uh, watch. Keep watch. Moss is going to look around and uh, see if he can't find well with the forest like enough small brush and logs to make a small fire you are surrounded yeah. by forest detritus you have absolutely no problem <clears throat> finding enough wood of various thicknesses to get a fire started and keep it running through the night okay and then he's gonna sit next to the fire and even though he has a map roughly where he's going he's gonna draw his own okay by firelight i'm gonna move your guys's image over real quick to show you where on the map you are right now or at least how far you have come this is as much of the map as moss has managed to write up if you have trouble finding it you're in the bottom right hand corner Thank you. There we go. 
huge map. This is a huge map. As you guys progress through the story and find different areas, I will uncover the various areas that you have found as Moss is your cartographer. Areas that you don't explore will not be revealed. I'll move us right back to where we were originally, at the forest edge. And who will be taking first watch? I'll take it. Okay, please roll a perception check. And I'd like you to add three to your roll for your height. Okay. I rolled a natural one. So plus three plus perception and 11. Okay. You see behind you a forest of trees larger than the one you are sitting in right now. Huge trunks, underbrush covering the forest floor. At one point, a fly shoots by your face. As you look south, you can see into the river, gentle, clear-ish water. It's a little disturbed from its own motion, but otherwise it seems like clean water. Nothing of note during this watch. Celine, would you like to do anything in this time? I'm going to rest for a little while. Are you going to find a way to conceal yourself before your wild shape runs out? Keep in mind, this form only lasts for an hour. Okay. Um, I'm going to get... I'm going to get a little bit closer. Um, just try to see if I can hear any conversation of, like, whereabouts I might be going. In your cat form? Yes. Okay, keep in mind, an hour later, you turn back into your original form. Okay. Alright, I would like you to roll a perception check to see if you can listen in on any conversations that may or may not be happening. I got a 12. Are you guys having any conversations as the night stretches in? I'll, uh, I'll ask Moss again, like, hey, the hell are we going here again? That stupid dwarf was asking something. Tell us to do. <clears throat> we were supposed to go to a town that I forgot the name of. Astholm. Astholm. We're heading to uh, Astholm. Uh, I don't remember. I don't really think he told us much about what we were doing when we got there. You were going to seek the master of the tower within that yeah. town, uh, as he likes to work with swords for hire. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, hey. we're... As long as we stay away from as many potatoes as possible, I would be happy. An orphanage is... Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, once... Once Moss is done, like, drawing his map, he's going to offer to take second watch, and he's going to, like, 
pile all his stuff real neatly, like in a little pile right in front of him, and then just pop into his shell. Before second watch comes around. Celine, we got to the end of that conversation, and you begin to feel that your wild magic is going to run out. Would you like to leave this area before your form shifts involuntarily? Or are you going to stay where you are as you shift back into your humanoid form? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to withdraw a little bit. So that I can shift back without being seen. So you find a nice large tree trunk to hide behind out of sight from these folks. As you are moving, I would like you to roll another stealth check, and Shatten, if you could roll another perception check to see if you catch her moving in the brush. Twelve. And Celine, your stealth check? Five. Shatten, as you are sitting atop your tree branch, you see a very small form of a small black and silver cat running through the brush. It's a good distance away. Oh, a kitty! Moss, get the cat! I point to the direction. What the hell is a cat doing out here? Uh, that was kind of my thinking. Either way, we have breakfast. I'm going to start walking towards the cat. Well, where I was pointed to go. I'll follow. All right. Celine. I need you to roll another stealth check as you try to dodge these guys. Moss and Forthus, please roll perception checks to see if you can locate what Shatten tried to point out to you. Roll a nine. Eight. Nine. Orthus, you very briefly see the outline of the cat running through the underbrush. It is currently 40 feet away from you. It seems like it's causing us harm. Go after it? Eh, I don't really see a reason to. Pretty little kitty, that's all. Strange forest, though. That's a, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a cat like that size in a forest before. Huh? There goes breakfast. Celine, you managed to make your way and get behind a large trunk moments before your wild shape expends itself and you revert back to your humanoid form. It would seem that your pursuers have given up their chase. Okay. You would like to rest here for a short while? Yeah, I'll rest for a short while. Alright. While you are resting, we will go back to the orphans and their second watch. Okay. Please roll perception. 22. Your hearing is so precise. You can hear the individual laps of water against the shore and the river to your south. 
branches scraping against each other as the moon begins to rise. Tonight's moon is a crescent waxing moon. You estimate that you have about a week before it is a new moon and your nighttime vision will be severely diminished. Nothing of consequence happens during your watch. How long will you be taking your watch for? Uh, How long was uh, first watch? This is a standard long rest. First between three people. Probably first watch was in total three hours. The incident with the cat happened within the first hour. All right. Yeah, I'll do like three hours as well. And I assume you go to wake Forthus for third watch? Yep. Okay. Alright. Please roll perception for your watch. Was a four perception. You can't really hear much. You can't see much. Not a whole lot going on in this forest with a four you don't pick up on anything that seems out of the ordinary. And as the end of your watch begins, about halfway through your watch, we're going to shift over to Celine. Celine, you are just waking from your four-hour rest. You hear nothing beyond the crackling of the fire from their campsite. What would you like to do? Um, was it Moss? He he drew a map. Did he draw a map in the sand, or was it on a piece of paper? Piece of paper. Oh, okay. So I'm going to... Do I know whereabouts that town is? Am, or am I not sure? Harrison's voice has been echoing in your mind, telling you to head southwest. Okay. So I I'm going to as carefully as I can walk through the woods towards the guys. Towards the guys. Roll I I can't check. I can't think what to call them. That's <laughs> that's I... fine. That's fine. You're you're going to walk towards the opposing party. Yeah. In your humanoid form? Uh, yes. Okay, stealth check, please. I got a 10. Orthus doesn't see you. How close are you going to get? I'm going to get right to the edge of this tree. So, like, I'll go right there. You can see the opposing party. The rabbit-like person is sleeping 30 feet up on a branch. Hopefully she's pinned herself down with a dagger so she doesn't fall down during her rest. You see the shell of a turtle, but no limbs or head. You presume that he's either dead or he likes to sleep in his shell. And you see a tall tiefling slowly circling the fire kind of distracted by the noises around him 
with his back turned to you. I'm just going to sit there and observe for now. I don't want to scare them off and um, be a threat, basically. As the hours move on, the remainder of your watch comes to a close, Forthus, as the sun begins to change the skyline a soft pink and blue. You begin, you, you realize that the day is about to begin, and it is time to wake your compatriots and begin your journey. All right, uh, I'm going to knock on Moss's shell. Just be like, all right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to try and... Uh... Fuck. Celine, you are watching all of this. Gonna okay. try and find a stone. <laughs> throw it okay. next to uh see <laughs> Shatton. Okay. Roll to it. It's easy to find a, a stone. Um I want you to make me a, an athletics check. Okay. I'm sorry, an eight? Yeah. Shatton, you were awoken violently by a small stone smacking you in the thigh. I'm going to uh, jump up with uh, my knife drawn. What's going on? Who's there? Uh, I'm going to slice sorry. whoever's w trying to wake me up. Hey, we're friends. It's a mistake, that's all. Well, if we're friends, why are you throwing rocks? I'm about to throw it next to you to wake you up. Couldn't exactly get up 30 feet up in the air. Hmm. What's for breakfast? Fuck should I know? Whoever is uh, around. Did, did you guys not pack food? You know, when we left? Well, yeah, but I'd rather eat someone else's. I guess we should go into that. Ah. Uh. Well, if you really want something, uh, Moss is going to toss him up a potato. Her up a potato. For hilarity reasons, I'm not going to make you roll on that one. <laughs> Celine, are you standing within view or are you trying to hide in the brush? You are currently at the edge of the road. Um, I was just kind of sitting. Do I... So while my adventure, um, do I have food on me? Yes. Okay. Um, so I am going to stand up and kind of slowly walk to the group. Are you making your presence known? Yes. Okay. As you approach, I would like you to describe yourself to the orphans. Okay. Um, let me pull up my... So, she is... 5'5". Five, five. She has... Skin that's gray like thick storm clouds. Eyes that are dark green like the moss on the trees. Um, she has silvery purple hair with violet sheen and certain ambient lights with loose braids down her back and vines interwoven. Um, she is wearing a 
dark hooded cloak made of wolf, wolf pelts and lined with raven and crow feathers. She is wearing leather armor made of certain animal skins. And she is walking with a quarter staff with opal, like the moon, on the end, and a few daggers on her belt. And just for clarity reasons, would you mind telling us her race? Oh, she is a drow. Elf. Orphans, this is the woman approaching you. How would you like to react? Who are you now? the morning I start moving my hand towards my weapon my hand uh, my hand drifts uh, towards the my uh, my hand crossbow as well who are you greetings I heard that you were going you were going towards oh my god what's the name of that town again <laughs> Asked home. <laughs> I heard you were going towards house home, and I was wondering if I could be of assistance to you. I bear no ill will. It's uh, more the merrier, I suppose. You say. I bring food as a gift if you are hungry. I think we can accept her company. So I will uh, take one more step forward and I will kind of lay the food I have out in front of them. Hands off the weapon. I'm going to go over to the food and just be like, it's for this to meet you. Uh, I'm Moss. Uh, what, what's your business at Aston? Um, I am Zwing, and I am on a journey to discover the old faith of my village. And doesn't oh. exactly match up with ours, our uh, path, but we're going the same direction, so why not? Yeah, I don't see a reason to not get to the same place. Well, I grew up in these woods, and I could help you and navigate these woods fairly well. Good trait for us, then. We don't know exactly where the fuck we are, in all honesty. Well, we, we have an idea, but whoever drew this map did not do a very good job. Never trust a dwarf too well, can you? Hey, come on now. Bad history. Mm, fair. But you gotta admit, Nesbin always has been good to us. That's true, that's true. Doing the good ones, I guess. Hmm. Well, I guess we should probably get a move on. Question now is, how the fuck is Shat gonna get down from that tree? In response to your question, 
she's going to jump down the side of the trunk and use the dagger to slow her fall and just slide down towards the ground. Like Kinda roll like a- an acrobatics check. Much like Peter Pan sliding down the sail of the Jolly Roger. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, shit. Uh, acrobatics. That would be 12. Yes, a 12. That's fine. It's a little choppy, but you make it down safely. As you guys gather your belongings, munch on some rations, and prepare yourselves for the journey ahead of you, we will shift back to Vice. Vice, you never really could escape that nightmare. But your rest is over, and you hear a knocking at your bedroom door. Uh, Vice will quickly stand up and kind of straighten out his clothes before calling out to the door or to the person knocking yes I'm on my way and make his way to the door and open it you see standing before you pull this up real quick you see standing before you an elderly elf His skin has grayed with age, cracked, sunken just a little bit. His hair, once, you don't know. His hair now graying, but still shimmering, rests softly at his shoulders. This is Northam, the master of the tower, the man who took you in when nobody else would and made an agreement with your mother an agreement that only you and he are aware of. He stands before you in his standard daily attire, wearing simple clothing with a long green robe speckled in the images of leaves colored yellow against the green backdrop. Holding his staff with a large blue opal stone mounted in the top and he looks to you with a gentle smile good morning sir i trust you slept well last night one more time you said his name was uh northam northam okay good morning master northam i i slept about as well as i could Well, given your circumstance, that's about all I could ask for. Now, please, if you wouldn't mind, we have guests arriving in a couple of days. If you wouldn't mind going down to the market and gathering more food for the kitchen. Of course, I can stop by there and see what supplies they may need. Thank you very much. If you need me, I'll be in my study. And he walks up to the northern part of the hallway 
softly and quietly and steps into his study. All right. Um, before leaving his room, uh, I'm assuming that I'd have basic supply in my room. Yes. You okay. have all of your basic supplies, equipment, everything is wherever you may have left it in, uh, in or on your dresser, under your bed, taped to the ceiling. That's up to you. It's your room. Northam okay. has given you free reign of this floor of the tower. Any okay. other floor of the tower, you would need his permission to enter. All right. Uh, I will quickly reassemble my makeshift ladder and take the knife that I have on top of my dresser to remove my equipment from the ceiling in which I've taped it. Um, but more realistically, I'll walk over to my dresser and get changed into a new outfit, pick up my bag, and strap my lyre to or over my shoulder before making my way uh, to the kitchen to find out what supplies they need. As you arrive in the kitchen, you look around and you find that what is missing from your standard supply are potatoes. Various drinks, you may need to pick up a new water skin for storage reasons. You may need to stop by the general market and request new barrels of beverages or what have you. Okay. You know that Northam is usually pretty good about keeping this kitchen stocked with natural healthy supplies. Okay. And he does not allow booze in the tower. Absolutely. Um, take I'll take a quick note of anything that might need a little bit of replenishing as well as the obvious missing sack of potatoes as we have run out since yesterday. Yes, you have. It was French fry night. Oh, it's <laughs> the best night, but it does cause nightmares. It does. And with that, I shall make my way to the market. But before I go to the market, mm -hmm. did he leave me any money <laughs> to be able to afford this stuff? As you go to step out of the tower on a small table next to the front door, you see a sack of coins containing approximately 50 gold. Okay, perfect. I will pick that up. Okay. <laughs> As you step out of the tower, you are greeted by the morning light, fresh sunlight, beaming down on your face, birds chirping in the distance. The tower grounds are surrounded by forest. You see a soft mist billowing across the ground. You look over, excuse me, you look over to your east and you see one of the treant guards making its rounds. It does not acknowledge your presence it just continues circling the grounds. All right, I will give it a friendly gesture as I continue past it, trying to avoid being stalked. It does not acknowledge you, but it does carefully step so that it will not stand on you. All you can really ask for from walking trees. No. 
As you continue south from the tower's entrance and the tower grounds, you find yourself looking out on the village of Hashtom. You see people going to and from the various shops. You see carts coming in on the southern road. Various shipments and traders coming into market. Hastel is a quiet town. A few residents, a couple of prominent markets. It seems to be a waypoint between major cities where people like to offload what they weren't able to sell elsewhere. Walking down the main road from the tower, coming into the small gatherings of buildings, uh, Vice will think to himself about how different this was from, or about how different this town is from where he was born and raised, um, but continuing forth, not letting those thoughts bother him much. Uh, he will make his way um, stopping every once in a while to just kind of enjoy the life of a smaller town. Um, and his first stop is going to be the uh, general store. As you approach this in the door of the general store, a couple of human children run out, carrying small sacks of whatever they just purchased, laughing and giggling as they run by. They pay you no mind. With a, smite with a slight smile on his face, he, he'll walk in after they leave. You see before you a very quaint store, sacks of supplies behind the main counter. The man at the counter is holding a conversation with one of the local women. You listen in, it's nothing all that fascinating. And then he looks over to you. Good morning, Vice. What can I do for you? Oh, good morning, sir. I was actually in the market for uh, some general supply for the tower. Uh, I know I need a sack of potatoes, uh, preferably a 50-pound sack if we can get one, uh, and just a normal restocking of fruits and vegetables, as well as a couple of barrels of beverages. And I myself am in the market for a new water skin. Um, certain we can get that arranged for you? The uh, supplies for the tower, would you prefer those delivered just outside the grounds as usual? Uh, that would be preferable, and if you have the potatoes here, I could carry them in. Are you sure? 50 pounds is quite a, is, is quite a bit of weight for a slight man like yourself. Oh, you know me too well, though. All right. If you're confident that you can, you can haul them. Less work for my horse to pull. I think I can handle that. All right. It's the barrels that, you know, create a small problem. The slight incline back up to the towers, troubling. Yeah, but I'm sure those tree people you got on the grounds will help you out with that. Oh, they pay me no mind. So as you list off the various things that you need, he writes down the parts of it that are going to be shipped up to the tower grounds. The bag of potatoes, he pulls out, slams it down on the countertop with a light thud. You see dust kind of go up for a second. Sorry about that. Should have cleaned up a little bit better this morning, but I just had someone come in asking for a sack of grain. 
and then a sack of flour and the sack of flour got caught on a loose nail and it was just oh it was a mess you're lucky you missed that one sounds right. like it all totaled let's see we got your fruits your vegetables a few slabs of meat a couple barrels of Right now we only got one barrel of water and one barrel of this stuff that came from another town. They say it's juice made from grapes. I, I don't know how good it is. We haven't really had it around here, but it's yours if you want it. I don't see anything wrong with grape juice. You know what? That actually slides off the tongue a little bit better. Grape juice. You can keep it. All right, I'm going to use that in the future. Provided this stuff swells, you know, you got to let me know how this stuff tastes. I haven't tried it myself, and this is the only barrel we got in today. So you'll have to let me know. All told, including the water skin. He's doing some math, like waving his finger in the air, trying to do mental math. He is not strong with that. I'd say your total, including everything, probably about... Five gold. Five gold? Okay. Yeah, five. I will hand him five, or I will reach into the pouch and fish out five gold and set it on the counter. Thank you much, Vice. Thank you. And I'm assuming we could, we would see this up uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, or would we see it today even? I uh, should be seeing it a little bit later today. Just got to get a couple other orders delivered, and then we'll have yours up probably around noon. Perfect. Vice will attempt to pick up the bag of potatoes, uh, realizing that 50 pounds is very heavy for him, and say, is there any chance that we could have this delivered to? I, I appear to not be as strong as I thought. That's perfectly fine. I admire you for trying. But yes, we will throw it on the cart with the rest of your supplies. And he takes the bag from you with one hand and just kind of slings it off into a corner. And I had I have to give it a shot every time I come in, but And know. that's fine. The more times you try, the more the easier it'll be with each try. Gotta gotta throw more potatoes around, it seems. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, sir. I will see you soon. I'm sure we will. And he kind of bids you farewell and then beckons the next customer to come up. And I will make my way out of the general store and take just a small walk around the town and see what other stores pique my interest. It's been uh, a long night, so I'd, I'd like to stay out of the tower just a little bit longer. Alright. As you walk around town, Moving away from the general store, you see some of the, the residential houses, you know, where the locals like to live. You see a small hut. This is locally known as an apothecary, but much as is the nature of the town, it entirely depends on what they get in as the leftovers from other shipments. Uh, the typical purveyors of herbs, potions on rare occasion, mostly just salves for, you know, minor scrapes and bruises. Maybe you've got a cold and they're going to prescribe you some, hand you a handful of menthol, you know, menthol jelly or something. 
You know I, that one of you know that one of the houses is just a farmhouse. They raise a few few animals, few a little bit of livestock, mostly for personal use, but they do like to sell their cows milk when they have a surplus. Uh, I'm going to stop by there and see if they might have a surplus and pick up some for the tower as well while I'm out. All right. Take an initiative. You walk up to the fence where you find the local farmer carrying a couple buckets of manure off to the side where he can dump it and turn it into fertilizer. He does not notice you. Excuse, excuse me, sir. What? Oh, hey there, boss. Good morning. Morning. What can I do for you? I was, I was <laughs> picking up his accent. I was wondering if you might have any uh, excess milk to sell. I'm sorry, boss. This morning, some guy came by and bought a whole bunch of the bottles of it. I, I really only got one left. Ah, uh, that's a shame. I'll, uh, I'll pick it up from you anyway, if you're willing to uh, to part with it. Yeah, sure. I, I got the supply for the family. I don't really need this bottle. If you really want it, it's uh, two copper. Uh, all I've got is gold. Can you make change? Yeah, sure. The guy that bought this stuff early this morning hit me all sorts of coins, all, all different kinds of metals. I got change. All right, let's do some business, and I will hand him over a gold piece. And he hands you back a silver and three copper. All right. Thanks, boss. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, you know, the old milking cow will have a bit more for you, but can't really count on it. Day by day is always different. Absolutely, I understand. It's a bitch of a time keeping this stuff fresh, though goes bad real fast. I can only imagine. Thank you very much, sir, and you have a pleasant rest of your day. I'll certainly try. I've been hauling shit since 5 o'clock this morning. Early start. Always is when you got animals to feed. And with a chuckle, Vice will uh, take the bottle and stick it into his bag and continue down the road. Okay. As you continue, <clears throat> not much left for shops. You see the uh, the general inn where passers-by like to stay. You see a handful of different carts and carriages. Not much sitting on them. And anything that does have anything, any carriage that has any supply sitting on it, they've been covered with a blanket, tied down. You assume that the owners of these carriages are in the inn right now, probably having breakfast, having just woken up. And as you continue to head south in the town, you can hear the waves of the ocean crashing into the cliffs. Uh, Vice is going to make his way uh, towards the cliffs uh, and kind of post up against a tree down near the coast, uh, or near the cliffs, and just kind of watch the waves roll in. Uh, impacting the cliffs and pull a lyre from his shoulder and just pluck strings for a little while maybe 20 minutes while he just sits there and enjoys the 
uh, sight of the of the ocean crashing, as well as the uh, sounds and smells that come with it. Before he stands back up and makes his way back to the tower. Right. As this is progressing, we are going to pan back over to the orphans and Celine. So one thing that Celine notices now that it's daylight is that my skin isn't pitch black like it looks, but there's a little bit of a purplish hint to it. As I just read that in my character sheet. <laughs> All right. So to add to that then, um, then she's going to have that violet sheen and daily as well in her hair. I, I couldn't remember if I said that or not. So. You did, but okay. at this moment it is more prevalent. As the sunlight shines down upon you, you guys can see that Celine's silver hair gives off a purple shimmer as the light is refracted off of it. Yeah, I just want to make sure I threw that in as well. Alright, Shatton, you are no longer in the tree, moving you down. <laughs> Alright, as you guys begin your journey southwest towards the town of Hastholm, I would like you all to roll perception checks. 14. 20. What's that? A dirty 20. Okay. Forthus? Um, Ten. 8. And Celine? 14. All right. <clears throat> Everybody but Forthus. As you are traveling, the brush to your right seems to be moving and following you. Can I tell what it is by the sound? Like if it's big, small? It looks like the bushes are moving. Oh, the bush, it's, the bush itself? The bushes themselves, about three foot tall bushes, seem to be moving in the forest following you along the road. Um, I'm going to uh, step ahead and step into the bush and use a bonus action to hide. Or with that cutting action. Where would you like to go? Uh... Like right along the tree line here. Okay. Roll that stealth check. Okay. 12 plus. Give me a second to math. 21. Which bushes are doing this? At the moment, you can't tell. Okay, just... They seem to be moving, following us. From your current position, it would be north-northwest. Okay. Moss is gonna... move back... like here... Just to see if they seem to keep following him. 
to lean in Forthus. Forthus, I assume you're starting to pick up on the fact that your party members have decided to scatter. I'm going to try and hide near them. Uh, roll 20 just isn't working with me right now. So... Um, you're going to follow Moss because Shatton has disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, I'll follow Moss. Okay, I'm going to move you next to Moss then. Oh. And Celine. Um, I am going to move in the direction to where I saw the bushes move. Okay, that would be generally north to you. Uh, this direction. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to move that way then. Okay. And try to basically look through the bushes to see if I can see anything in them. Okay, I'd like you to roll a nature check. I got a 10. At the moment, you cannot tell if any of these bushes are... None of the bushes are currently moving, and you cannot see what was moving previously. Well, I don't see anything, so I guess we could just keep moving. Yeah, okay. Let's just keep our eyes open. I'm going to stay hidden. Celine, oh. Celine, as you step away, what is your armor class? 14. You feel like a handful of twigs just raked at the back of your clothing. And you see a, one of the bushes behind you is shuddering and trying to move towards you. And I would like everyone to roll initiative. All right. Initiative 25 to 20. 20 to 15. Oh, 15. 15 to 10. 12. 10. Uh, 10 to 5, the shrubs roll to 6, and 5 to 0. 4. All right. Bad with the rolls tonight. <laughs> first up in the initiative is Shatten with Moss on deck. Okay, um, I would like to use my hand crossbow and take a shot at the, uh, the lead uh, shrubbery. Uh, which one do you consider to be in the lead? Um, that one. All right. Go ahead and roll to attack. Um, I'm I'm still hidden, correct? So I, I get my sneak attack with that. At the moment, yes. You okay. are quite hidden. So and oh, that's no, you know. Uh, eleven to hit. Eleven's a hit. Okay. Hot damn. So and I get one d six, one d six, and a plus five. That would be eleven damage. You watch as that shrub falls apart. 
leaves and branches crumble and dash across the ground, and that has stopped moving. Ooh! Fresh blood to me! Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh... I like to, uh... Move up, uh... Nope, I think I'll just stay hidden right where I am. Please roll a stealth check. Using your bonus action to hide. Okay. That would be... 23. Okay. Next is Moss with Selene on deck. Moss will move. Thirty feet to there. Okay. And he's gonna hold his action to bite something if it comes close enough to him. Okay. Would that be the end of your turn? Yep. Alright. Celine, you are up. You can fix my screen real quick. Yep. As we deal with some technical difficulties, given the time, we are actually going to take our break mid-combat. And we will be right back. And we're back. Celine, you are up. So... I'm going to move... 30 feet. I'm going to use my 30 speed. Okay. Whatever you call it. Yep, 30 feet of movement. Alright. You're practically standing on top of a dead uh, sentient bush. Semi-sentient bush. I can't use entangle on a plant, can I? You could. It's, right. it's still an opposing creature. Alright, then I will do that then. Okay. Uh, you have to make a strength saving throw or be restrained by an entangling plants until the spell ends. Uh, how does a fa four do? That's my spell attack bonus, right? Uh, your spell save DC. Uh, no, does not. <laughs> All right, and uh, which one of the bushes are you casting it on? The one on the left or the one on the right? The one that's like. No, it's a. Uh... It's a twenty foot square. You casting entangle? Yes. Oh, hold on. It's not just one creature, it's it's yep, a twenty yep. foot square. I misread the spell. Okay, so they both need to make the save. Yeah. And they both fail horribly because the second roll was a six. Alright, so they are both restrained. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Nope, that's all I'm gonna do right now. Alright. Unable to move. The shrubs can do nothing for this turn, bringing us to Forthus. Alright, I will move my full 30 to... Ten. Oh, let's move the map. Whoops. There we go. 
15, 20, 25, 30. There. Okay. And I will use my crossbow to shoot the one on the right. Okay, roll to attack. As shitty as before. Uh, as a 14 hit. 14 is a hit. So. Two. Six. Uh, seven points. Okay. That one is looking a little rough right now. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Can I bonus action hide in the bush that I'm right next to? Uh, based on your angle, yes, you may try. Roll stealth. Was a 16. Yep, as my soda spits up to my nose. Yes, that is good. Okay. Back to the top of the round, Shatton, you're back. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I like to uh, take a shot with my hand crossbow at the undamaged one. That'll be the one on the left. Yes, please. Okay, roll to attack. And that's going to be a 13. 13's a hit. Roll for damage. Okay. And they're entangled. That um, they're currently restrained. Oh, okay. Uh, I hit anyway. And sneak attack. Yep. You are still hidden. So that's going to be sixteen points of damage. All right, and that one shatters into a pile of twigs and leaves. Anything else for your turn? Oh. Um, nope, I'm just gonna stay hidden. Roll for stealth. Remember, every time you attack, you get you eliminate your stealth and you have to re-hide. Ooh. That's going to be a eleven. Okay. Moss, back to you, buddy. Alrighty. I'm gonna move uh ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five to here. Okay. Now I'm going to take a bite of a shrub for attempt to. Go ahead. Like that, I'm not. So I throw my d20 somewhere. Always a good sign. Uh, that's going to be a 16 to hit. Alright. Don't even have to roll for damage. Please describe how Moss eviscerates this shrub. So he'll just, like, walk up, extend his neck down, and just bite into it, and snap it everywhere. Broken twigs fly. Alright. Threat eliminated. You guys are standing there. Moss, you're having a little bit of trouble moving your feet, as Celine's spell has made the ground writhing in vines and roots. Is a 19 enough to pull free? 
Selene? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I just back up then. Alright. You guys are free to continue on your journey for the rest of the day. What the fuck were those things? I'm gonna drop my spell. Good call. <laughs> gonna investigate them to see what the hell we just fought. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll investigation. Uh, 17. As far as you can tell, these are bushes. Given semi-sentient life by something. You're not sure what. But these are bushes that just kind of reached out and tried to come after you until Celine's quick thinking stopped them in their tracks. Thank you, Celine, for slowing them down. What the fuck they are, but don't seem to like us. Have I seen them before on my travels, or is this a new thing? I mean, you've seen some pretty crazy things in the forest. Um, why don't you uh, roll me a history check? Twenty-two. Okay, damn. Uh. You have not seen these, but you've heard stories told by your village elders of Harrison using creatures like this to help protect the forest from dangerous outsiders. And you can assume that while you are not particularly a threat to this forest, for some reason it views your new party members as a potential threat. And then you think back to the fact that Nobody ever smothered the fire from their camp. Well, I personally have never seen these creatures before. However, in my village, we do tell stories of these. Also, side note, they might have come out because you didn't get rid of your fire. And it's the spirit guardian protecting the forest. How far back was the fire? Uh, this point in your travels, you'd lose half a day going back to try to see if that fire's out or not. Uh, do want to go back and, uh, try and put it out so that this doesn't happen again? Well, I think mm. they might have put it out already. If they had the energy to come after us, they had the energy to put out the fire, so... Besides, at this point, with the wood on it, it'd be out anyway, unless it lit the whole forest on fire. But I have a feeling it would have done that throughout the night anyway. See any smoke behind us? Make a perception check. Eleven. You do not see any smoke. Well, suddenly a tabaxi runs across the field. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Not to uh, beat around the bush. I think we should continue on. You now have a negative D4 on all skill checks for that terrible, terrible play on words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, well played. 
<clears throat> Alright, would you guys like to continue along your journey? Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and leave. Yeah. Okay. You guys continue the rest of the day. No real issues. Uh, we're basically going to use this map on a recycle because this is the path. It follows the edge of the forest along the side of a river. This is the most traveled path. As your day comes to a conclusion, sun is setting. You guys decide to make camp or do you decide to push on through the night? You've got about another day before you're in Hastel. Say stay the night. Yeah. Any other <clears throat> low lying branches I can make a jump for? You find a couple. You find a couple that are. You you find one tree that still has some low lying branches. Um. Low enough, and in a series of short jumps, you could get back up to your perch from. A similar approach to what you had at your previous camp. Okay. Instead of uh, climbing up this time, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, hop straight up 10 feet. Okay. You do that a couple of times, and you're back at your 30 foot perch. Um, go ahead. Nope, I'm just going to set up the, a cozy nest to take first watch. Okay. Um. Then I will take second watch. Then. Also, we'll do the same thing he did last night. Set up a small fire, map out what he, but he's been through, okay. and just let's <clears throat> let's make sure we put this one out. Hi. Did that. And he'll volunteer to take a watch whenever just somebody wake him up. It's like final watch again. Uh, DM. Yes. Um, is it possible that I can hunt close by for a small animal and such while they're all sleeping and whatever they're doing? You... Want to do a little hunting for some local game for, like, rations purposes? Ration purposes and, like, um, just to have some food on the journey in case we all get hungry. Sure. Uh, do you want to do that before your rest or after? I want to do that before. Okay. Uh, roll a survival check. 24. All right, perfect. You definitely find a couple of small rabbits, a couple of possums, tracks from raccoon, a, few, a handful of squirrels, and a small family of ducks by the river. What would you choose to go after? Keep in I'll mind you have a rabbit person in your party, so. Yeah, I'm going after the squirrels. All right. Uh, given that check, you very successfully managed to capture about four squirrels uh, by, you know, very carefully sneaking up and pouncing, maybe. How, how would you go about hunting them, honestly? Pretty much what you said, um, sneaking up, 
uh, pouncing, and then basically taking one of my daggers, skinning it, cutting the meat, prepping it. So you guys have uh, probably about two rations worth of squirrel meat at your disposal, thanks to Celine's clever hunting. Just right. a just a quick clarifying question. Yes. Was there a small kobold with a skewer chasing the possums? Huh. Uh, no. Oh, I just wanted no. to make sure. No. By the way, the turn order is still up on my screen. Uh, it's because I haven't turned it off. All right. Uh, who would like to, so? Shatton, you're taking first watch. I am. Roll perception. Okay, that's... Uh, 13. Fairly okay. uneventful on your watch. You can still hear the burbling river, general sounds of the forest. Nothing all that exciting. Your watch goes without incident. I'll uh, transfer the watch over to Selene. Okay. <clears throat> How would you like to go about waking your new compatriot? Uh, any, uh, well, you said she was, um, she was hunting, right? So is she still asleep or still awake by the end of my watch? Uh, your, it, her hunting would have happened before your watch. Ah. Um, Celine, I'm just calling down. Celine, your turn. All right. Thank you. And I'm just going to curl up and sleep on the branch. Okay. Celine, go ahead and roll perception for me. 42. I'm sorry. I heard 42. No, it's 22. Okay. I got very <laughs> scared for a second. I thought Ellie was here for a second. <laughs> right? <laughs> you hear the thuds of a giant pachyderm like creature tromping through the forest. All right. 22. About halfway through your watch, the sounds of the river seem to shift. As if something large is moving through the river. I'm going to go um, investigate. You're going to go to the edge of the river? Yes. Okay. Please move your token to where you would like to be. All right. Roll a perception check from your positioning. 14. You can tell that the disturbance in the river is downstream from where you are. And to put that in a better perspective... Can I see it with my dark vision? At the moment, no. And I've just drawn an arrow to show you which way the river flows. Well, I may have drawn it on the wrong layer. Hold on. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't see anything. There you go. No, at the current moment, you don't see anything with your dark vision. 
Um, I'm gonna kind of just stand and wait and listen to see if it gets closer before waking my compatriots. Sound doesn't seem to be moving right now. All right, then I will. Can you can you walking around listening for anything else? Do you get closer to the bank of the river? Yes. How close? Um, I will get... Um, there. You are effectively standing right in front of whatever is disturbing the river right now. And I can't see it? You can see the water is disturbed, but you can't quite make out what's causing the disturbance. Um, if the other players wouldn't mind moving their tokens to where they would be during this camp. So I'm going to kneel down and take a really good look at the water to see if like there's any whirlpools or any like thing actively disturbing the water or okay. see Roll an investigation check. I got an eight. Need you to make a dexterity saving throw. I got a nine. Does a 19 hit you? Yeah, it's a hit. All right. As you're investigating the water's edge, what appears to be a log suddenly lunges at you and its teeth rake against your arm as you try to jump backwards. You take eight points of piercing damage as you stare down a humongous crocodile. Okay. And are you going to make any noise in reaction to this? Um, I'm going to yelp <laughs> and basically grab my arm, right. trying to, and then kind of yell to my compatriots. All right. I would like everybody to roll initiative. All right. Everybody ready? All right, 25 to 20. 20 to 15. 17. 16. 15. 15 to 10. 10. And the crocodile rolled 11. So first up is Moss. You are suddenly awakened by a loud, a loud yelp and a call for help from your new friend. She's somewhere south of you, but you are having a lot of difficulty seeing at the moment. Uh, okay. What's still light from the fire giving me? Uh, probably about 20 feet. Okay. Of clear vision. Anything past that is silhouettes and flickers. So I'll just move 30 feet to where I heard the scream. Okay. 
can I see anything? Or? Uh, in the current moonlight, you can just make out the silhouette of Celine holding her arm and a large um, figure standing in front of her. Okay. I'm going to hold my action and if it gets near me, I'm just going to hit it. So like, okay. Yeah. That'll be it? Yep. Alright, Shatten, you're up from your 30-foot high perch. You said there's a couple of uh, branches on the way down, right? Yeah, this this particular tree would allow you safe passage down. Okay. I'm going to uh, you know, pretty much parkour myself down. Okay. Oh. I'm going to yell out, This is why I sleep in a tree. Um, how much movement would that have taken coming down? 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay. And I cannot see that far, correct? Nope, you have about 20 feet of light provided by the fire, which cuts off your vision at about that range, and you can see silhouettes past this line. Silhouettes past this one? The first line is bright light, the second light is, is dim light. Anything past that, you're lucky if you can see silhouettes in the moonlight. Okay, um, I'll take a shot at the biggest silhouette. Okay, what is the range on your crossbow? Crossbow, crossbow. Is it? Yeah, but I can look that up real fast. And crossbow range. Uh, 30 to 120. Okay, you can roll the attack with disadvantage. Okay. <clears throat> and that's going to be a 10. Ten no, wait. No, yeah, definitely a 10. 10 is a miss. Your bolt flies off to the side and scrapes off its hide. Anything else for your turn? No, I think that should be it. Okay. Celine, you are up. I'm going to cast uh, Thunderclap. Okay. Uh, you creature has to make a constitution saving throw. All right. The creature rolled a dirty 20. Okay. Does anything happen on a success? No. But if you fail, you take a 1d6 thunder damage, but since you are 20, uh, then no. Nothing happens. You still have a bonus action and movement. Alright, I'm gonna throw a dagger at it. You used, used an action to cast a spell. You could try slashing at it with a dagger with your offhand. Okay. Um, but you would not get your proficiency bonus on the attack roll. So roll a d20. If you want oh. to do that. Never mind. I got a four. 
Yeah, that's not gonna meet its armor class. Alright, then yeah, that's it. That's all I'm doing. You're not gonna move? No, I'll stay where I'm at. Okay. <clears throat> Next up is the crocodile that has taken a swipe at you. It's going to step a little bit out of the water, circling you. Wondering where the hell that arrow came from. And it is going to try to take another attack at you. For an 8 to hit. No. Okay. You managed to dodge out of the way of its jaws just in time. And Farthus. My dark vision, I can see it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna scream. Fuck! Is that a crocodile? I've seen one of these in life, uh, in real life. And to move, the feet closer to it. Uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. 30. Then I'll take a shot at it with my crossbow. And. Ooh. Was a 22. Or 20. Or 20. <laughs> a dirty 20? Um, 24. <clears throat> 20. Is a 24 to hit? Okay, that is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. And that is nine points of damage. Okay, pretty good shot. Got it right in the eye, but it is still growling. Will that end your turn? Um, yes, it will. Okay. Top of the turn order, we're back to you, Moss. Alrighty. I'll move 15 feet to there to get right up on it. Okay. From where I'm standing, am I in range to uh, touch Celine? Yes. Alright, so with my bonus action, I am going to cast Shield of Faith on her. Okay. Oh, actually, I could have 60 feet. Uh, so, basically, a shimmering field uh, shimmers around her, and she has... Plus two to her uh, AC as long as I keep concentration for up to ten minutes. All right. And then I am going to bite him. Go for it. Uh, 18 to hit. 18 is a hit. All right. And as I bite down on him, you're going to see, like, Almost like a swamp type mist pull out from while I'm biting and just suck itself into where I'm biting as I am going to use Divine Smite as well. Okay. Uh, that's going to be 19 points of damage. Please describe how you murder this crocodile. It's okay. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll run up to this thing. And Moss, growing up around water, has probably seen this before and knows where some of its weak spots are. So it just he just buries his jaw into the thing's neck. And you see that mist, like, just pool and suck into the wound. 
and he'll just bite back and tear out part of its spine as it falls dead. Excellent. That marks the end of combat. Are you all right, Celine? Yes, thank you very much for that. It's as though we have uh, breakfast for the morning. Uh, I guess if you can figure out how to skin it. Uh, I'll try and skin it. <laughs> you gonna go up to the crocodile and skin it? Yes. Roll survival. Uh, can I help? Can I, I was gonna say, can I assist? Because, <laughs> like, you might want to like do it here and here. <laughs> Roll with advantage. Uh, oh, natural twenty. Thank you very much. <laughs> with the assistance of Celine's, uh, <clears throat> with Celine's history in hunting and scavenging for food in the forest, and Moss's familiarity with aquatic reptiles. You guys managed to find a week's worth of rations in al in crocodile meat. Uh, managing to avoid the hard, scaly exterior, getting to pull the tenuous muscle from around the bones. You have plenty of meat that you could set aside to cure for a week's worth of rations. So if you'd like, each of you can add five rations to your inventory. Okay. Uh, I'd like to pull it, try and pull out a couple of its teeth, too. I was going to say, the skin and the teeth can be used for tools. Uh, with Forthus's natural 20 and everybody helping each other, sure. Moss, you've got a couple of crocodile teeth, and Celine, you can add uh, two square feet of usable crocodile skin and, you know, whatever bones you want to keep. Is that my item list? Yeah, on your item list, you can go down to the bottom, press the plus, and it'll add an item, and then you can type in a description for it. And it's crocodile skin? Yes, this is crocodile. Crocodile hide. And it was two, you said? Two square feet. Okay. I don't think they really need to hide. It's dead. As long as she doesn't try to attach it to her armor for, like, fire resistance we're good I feel like that would be piercing damage uh, yeah maybe she could try to cure it for her leather armor might lower your AC alright anything else you guys would like to do before you go back to your attempting to rest nope nope okay <clears throat> for the remainder actually Yes. I want to shove the what's rest of him back into the water <laughs> and try and send it downstream. For shits and giggles, roll me a flat strength check. Okay. I can help him if that gives him advantage. Roll advantage. Thank God. First one was a five. The second one was an 18. Hmm. Uh, 22. That, that is enough. With Celine's assistance in lifting the smaller parts of the crocodile and you pushing the bulk, <clears throat> you manage to shove it back into the river and get it to a point in the river that is deep enough to actually carry the body, you believe. Cool. And I'll go back to my... Would anybody else like to 
do anything before we resume. Nope, um, I like to scramble up back up into the tree. You can do that, no problem. Celine, the remainder of your watch goes without issue. Sorry, what was that, Forthus? I'm all set. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The remainder of your watch goes without issue. You rest by the fire, nursing the wound on your arm that the crocodile gave you. And your watch comes to an end. I believe next up is Forthus. Alright. Yeah. So I will go over and tap Forthus on the shoulder. Alright. I'll get up and start my watch. And uh, while I'm uh, starting my watch, I'm going to pull my little mouse friend out, Richard, and just start petting him. Make sure he's comfy and like feeding him a little bit of a uh, bit of stuff I find around the area. Okay. Go ahead and roll your perception check for the evening. And I'm gonna rest while he's on watch. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna need it. Yeah, I know. Uh, perception that was a nine. You don't see anything for the remainder of the night. You're probably a little still still a little bit frazzled from the sudden arrival of a crocodile near your camp. <clears throat> but the rest of the night goes without issue. And you all achieve a long rest as the sun begins to rise. I'll just uh, call out, open at him. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to uh, come down out of the tree. Ooh, time to try some uh, alligator for breakfast. Close enough. Celine, how's your arm? It hurts, but I think I healed it enough. I think the rest did me well. Can I take a look at it? Sure. <clears throat> so, I'm like gonna take a now, look at You her are arm. now staring at her arm. Do you want to like check it? Check it. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Roll medicine. Sixteen. It stopped bleeding, and is beginning to scar over. As is the natural magics of D and D, a full night's rest seems to has seems to have closed her wounds. Okay. I'm back up to full health, right? Yes, full health, okay. full, full spell slots. You have all achieved a long rest. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to do before you continue on your journey? The fire out. Yeah, eat some <laughs> crocodile meat and then put the fire out. Yes, Good. make sure that fire goes okay. out. After cooking said crocodile meat. <laughs> Good call. All right, you folks continue on your journey southwest towards the town of Hastholm. And we are going to pan back to Vice. Desolated ruins surround you again. <clears throat> You're back in your nightmare. You just can't seem to escape it. 
the yellow orb that you had passed by before, haunting you with memories of your past and the children that bullied you throughout your childhood, has seen, seems to have faded into a gray mist. You can hear the, th the faint crash of thunder and wind and the burbling of the acid lake to your south. Faint lights glow around you. How would you like to proceed? So the orb that was uh, just off the path is now gone, faded to mist, you said? Yes, it had disintegrated and turned into a gray mist and was taken off within the winds. All right. Um, I'm going to continue down this path that I find myself on into the unknowing. Unknown. Okay. Rather. <clears throat> Stop there. You hear a voice call out to you from the ether. Come to me, Vice. Come home to me. The voice seems to come from nowhere and everywhere all at once. Uh, Vice would stop and look to see if there is a specific source that might be uh, throwing its voice around in this area. Roll a perception check. At disadvantage. Everybody getting so much help. Poor Spices alone doesn't get no help. Uh, it's gonna be a 12. You cannot discern the source of this voice. It seems to come from all directions at once. Reluctantly, uh, Vice will continue, but cautiously, down this path. As you continue walking, the ground beneath you crunches. As you look to the floor beneath your boots, the surface is covered in the skulls of mice, cracking under your weight. The wind picks up and blows very suddenly into your face, and then suddenly disappears. Would you like to continue? Vice is actually going to like take weight on one foot and using his foot with no weight on it, kind of shift some of the what he sees to be my skulls around to try to reveal ground below them. Okay. As you do this, you reveal what appears to be shattered cobblestone. Like a road that has been traveled thousands of times over many hundreds of years. He's going to kneel down and pick up one of the skulls that he sees to be the most intact and, and kind of study it for a moment. 
as you go to pick up the skull, you're handling it gently between your hands. A strong breeze hits you from behind. And if you feel as though the wind is wrapping around your shoulders, following down your arms, it picks up the skull, blows it away from you, and you watch as the skull evaporates into dust in the wind. All of them failures. None of them survived, but you... The voice echoes around you, bouncing off of unseen walls. As light-footed as he possibly can, uh, he will continue trying to step on as few skulls as possible. Okay. As you lightly step around the skulls, you can see in the corner of your vision what appears to be a large brass gear broken into several pieces laying on the ground. I'm going to make my way over to it. Make a constitution saving throw. Seven? We're getting better. You are about five feet away from this shattered gear when your legs stop moving. Not too close, my son. Strong breeze hits you like a train, and you are blown back. 10 feet onto your ass back on the path. Ice is going to try walking off the path again. This time, not towards the gear, but instead beside it. About 15, 15 feet away. You can feel the heat coming off of the acid lake to your side. The shattered gear gently glowing behind you. You can smell the putrid odors of a thousand rotting bodies emanating from the acid lake. All wasted failures. Follow your path and find me. Falling out to the ether, Elias will say, Who even are you? There is no response. Of course. Who even are you? Your voice echoes back to you, distorted. And you hear it echo back and forth, back and forth. Who are you? The voice is menacing. Who are you? And you are wrenched from your sleep and find yourself back in your room. And someone is knocking at your door. Oh. Just, just a minute. Vice, a little slower to get up this morning, uh, will uh, make his way towards the door and open it 
My word, Vice, what's happened to you? Oh. The... <laughs> the nightmares again. They're... Persistent. What... What happened this time? Uh, besides the... Normal... Finding myself in the middle of nowhere... On a path... Uh, there were... Almost orbs of memories from my childhood. Uh, in particular, the local children and their ways of getting under my skin. And then that dissipated. That was last night, and it dissipated into nothingness. Excuse me, two nights ago now. Uh, last night, that orb was in front of me again, and it dissipated to nothingness before I found myself continuing further down the path and this disembodied voice uh, was tempting me further down the path and referring to these these mice skulls on on thousand year old cobbled roads heavily traveled uh, as failures before me and there was this this lake of acid that I could smell of rotting and decaying corpses and and the voice referred to them as as wasted bodies as well uh, it the voice the voice called me son he he takes a step back and has a very concerned look on his face. I want you to roll an insight check. Oh boy, howdy, we're actually good at those. Not good enough. Uh, well. You can't quite make out his, his expression right now. He seems... Very concerned with what you've just described to him, and very deep in thought. Uh, if if you wouldn't mind, it seems that there's something on your mind. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll, uh... I have to go write this in my journal. Need to see if I can make sense of it. Anyway, I, I came to wake you because our guests are arriving today. If you wouldn't mind meeting them in the town, probably at the crossroads. You know, those folks down in Hastholm still haven't put up a sign to mark these roads or even the town that, that we're in. Should probably get on that. Of course they haven't. That would be, you know, helpful. Well, they always claim word of mouth and people and who should know this town know this town but that's none of my business I tend to this tower and that's about it got enough you've got enough on your plate to deal with um by the way did uh did all the shipment uh, come in yes yes it did actually a bit late almost sundown by the time it showed up something about having to find room on the carriage for a sack of potatoes 
Yeah. Not I sure. need I need to uh work on my physique. I was going to bring that back, but I mean well, I can't really carry potatoes. I know you well enough. I'm sure you tried your hardest. There was a a barrel of of uh, juiced grapes, grape juice, if you will. I thought that might be interesting to have. Grape juice sounds exotic. May have to give that one a try myself. I hope it's any good. I certainly hope so too. Did the uh, did the merchant happen to mention? How long the barrel might last, you know, before it goes sour. He did not. But, I mean, if it's... If grapes are fruit, and fruits spoil quickly, might want to get get through it quick. Well, that being said, I'm sure our guests will gladly help us empty that barrel. We all know water doesn't go bad. Let's hope so. Certainly. So yes, if you wouldn't mind waiting for our new guests at the crossroads, they'll be wanting a guide into the tower. You know our, uh, you know our deciduous guards probably won't let them in. Is there anything I might need to, to do to get them in? I know sneaking past trees is rather difficult. No, no, as long as you're there, the trees will recognize you, and as long as you, you know, wave them down and tell them that the, uh, guests are not a threat, we shouldn't have an issue. All right. You think it'll be closer to midday that they'll be here, or you think it'll be early morning? I wasn't able to read what, what time of day they would show up, but I imagine it will be sometime this afternoon. I'll make myself, myself available in case they made good time. Thank you. Thank you for your help, Vice. You know I don't like leaving this tower. I mean, why would you? It's a wonderful tower. That it is. And he kind of puts his hands on his shoulder and looks around, just kind of admiring his work. Well, I'll let you to it, and uh, maybe I'll spend a little extra time in the town today. Feel free. Try to, uh, try to relax after that hellish nightmare you keep having. I, I'm going to go record all this in my journal and see if I can't pour over the other ones you've told me about. See if I can't try to decipher something. Maybe the stars will tell me something tonight. Let's hope we have an answer before the next one. Yes, of course. I will see you this afternoon. And he starts to walk away and retreats into his office. I wonder what's for breakfast. And Vice will finally find a fucking hex to stand in. <laughs> Vice will change into his daily clothes, pack up his normal bag, and head to go get some breakfast and potentially some of this juice of grape. Feel free. You find your way to the kitchen, one of the few rooms in the tower that you're allowed to go into unescorted. Have yourself a breakfast of your choice. There are eggs, there's bacon, there's sausages, various fruits and vegetables, and a giant-ass barrel of juice of grapes. 
I'll have a a breakfast consisting of eggs, potatoes, and a little bit of meats. Uh, they're not vice, or meat isn't vice's favorite. Um, and some, and a cup of this, this grape juice. This is slightly sour, but extremely sweet. It dances on your tongue like a food, like a beverage you have never had in your lifetime. Yep, it's alcohol. <laughs> Not quite. All right. After, after breakfast and the delectable grape juice, I will, or Vice would make his way out of the tower and probably wait out the morning uh, at the cliffs, strumming, or plucking his lyre, and watching the waves crash. Also, keeping an eye out for children playing near the cliffs and seeing how they... and, and just kind of casually watching them uh, and how carefree their life is. You see a group of about four children dashing back and forth between the road and the edge of the cliffs, but never coming within more than 15 feet of the actual edge. They have been raised to steer clear of the cliffs, thanks to, you know, bedtime stories of that one nameless child who didn't listen to their parents and ran too far, fell off the cliff to their death. So all these kids have been scared straight to stay a good healthy distance from the edge. And they're running around playing a game where one runs around and tries to touch another one and then that one has to run and try to touch the other ones and this kind of just goes back and forth and they're all laughing and giggling and having the time of their lives. And you just kind of watch this with a slight glisten in your eye. Neither happy nor sad, just a the look of longing for a time lost. Vice is going to make his way to the general store quickly. Okay. And he is looking to pick up a bat, like a a bound book a uh, quill and a bottle of ink. Uh, he's got a small handful of these from various passing merchants. Uh, he tells you that for the total of all, it's five silver. And he's placed in front of you a very nice leather-bound book with a metal latch. I will pay him one gold and tell him to keep the change for it. Awfully kind of you, Vice. But Nope. Not necessary. No problem. I I think that keeping a journal or keeping some daily record might might bring peace to my mind, so I'm well, hoping this helps. I, I certainly appreciate it. How about this? I'll put the extra five silver towards your next supply shipment. If you don't feel feel good keeping it for yourself, then that absolutely works. Honestly, it feels a little selfish to keep it for myself. 
I'm trying to run an honest business here, and I, I don't know. Don't want to take away from people that have always done right by me. Well, I appreciate that very much, sir. And I will pick up the book, the quill and the bottle of ink, and go back to the cliffs and just start Before you leave the building. Hmm? Vice, I almost forgot. This came for you. And he hands you a small envelope. It it came for me? Yeah. I I don't know what's in it. I didn't bother opening it. That's weird. Uh, thank you. And I will take the envelope and kind of study it a little bit in the shop. Is there any anything written on the exterior of it? The only thing written on the exterior is your full name in elegant cursive handwriting. The parchment that makes up the envelope is aged slightly weathered like it has traveled a long distance to get here uh, thank you and I will exit the shop and honestly find the nearest tree and like post up against it as I open this envelope there's a tree about 15 feet from the entrance of the of the shop that is exactly where I will sit okay <laughs> as you open the letter you recognize the handwriting of your mother. I don't have the letter written out at the moment, but just know that it was heartfelt and I will send it to you later. Sounds good. Uh, Vice is very moved by the heartfelt letter and proceeds back to the cliffs. Where As he post- begins yeah. writing in his journal All right. for the first time. And as you post up, we pan back to the rest of the party. You've continued your journey, gone through most of the day without issue. A couple of passing caravans, you're noticing a few more caravans as you're traveling down this road. Most of them empty, some of them with a few crates of, you know, odds and ends and whatnot. But you have a feeling you're getting close to a settlement as you continue through your journey. It is a currently midday. I'm, uh, while we're walking along, I'm going to talk to Celine. Just, uh, talk to her and just ask, so, uh, what's bringing you to this town, by the way? I left my village because I want to study the old faith, um, of my people. What's bringing you to this town? Yeah. Exactly invited in the town we were before, so uh, decided to try something new. And somebody just told us that there was jobs over here, so as well earn some cash, right? That's always a good thing. Wish I knew a bit more about my past or my people. I can definitely understand that. What time of day was it again? Uh, midday. Midday? Are there any uh, very wealthy-looking individuals making this uh, walking around on the road? 
Or... Uh, none of them look incredibly wealthy, but you can tell okay. that from some of the caravans that these are traders. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start uh, every so often as I, you know, walk past uh, one of the wagons. I'm going to try to peek in and see what kind of goods they got. You know? Are you doing this slyly, or are you just, like, kind of brazenly I'm, I'm, staring at people's stuff in their carriages? I think I'll do, I think I'll do it on the sly. All right. Uh, why don't you roll me a sleight of hand? Um, ten. Can't see much beyond crates. Crates, blankets, the occasional person sleeping in the back of a carriage as someone else drives it discontented look on their face like why does he get to sleep and I don't Ken. but none of them really pay any mind to you somewhat blatantly looking into their carriages can can Moss see if he can catch this and if he does just kind of backhand like slap to the back mm -hmm. of the head sure right. give smack well what type of roll say perception uh, 13. Moss, you smack Shatten in the back of the head to try to correct her behavior. Shatten, you are suddenly struck with a very powerful migraine. Oh! Ow! He didn't have to hit me that hard! Hey, let's not get into trouble just yet. We just got here. Or, we haven't even gotten here yet. I'm gonna stand in the middle of the road a little bit, let the hit migraine uh, pass a bit before I continue up with uh, continue ahead of them. So you guys stall for about ten minutes as Shatten nurses her head. Once Sorry, it's, uh, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. It's fine. I'm gonna feel. Once I start feeling better, I'm just gonna so catch me if you can. Last one there, you know, start jump, run up ahead of the, the group. Run after her. Is anybody so chasing else the gonna, rabbit again? Anybody else going to chase the rabbit? I'm just I... going to shake my head and start running. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to do the same exact thing. <laughs> okay, so everybody is now jauntily running down the road towards Hastom. This lasts for all about five minutes until you guys all get a little winded. And the rest of your afternoon goes without incident. Until mid-afternoon, shadows are starting to get a little bit long. The day has certainly gotten warm. And the four of you arrive in Hastholm. As you guys begin to arrive in this town, you see... A relatively small town, lots of carriages coming in and in and out. You can tell by the ruts in the road that you guys are walking that a lot of carriages go through here. You can hear the sounds of a bustling little city. See children playing between the trees by the cliffside, not daring to get too close. You can faintly hear the sound of a mother calling out to one of her children. And one of the kids playing in the trees suddenly stops, says, sorry guys, I gotta go, 
and then runs back into town. You've arrived at a city, you've arrived at a small town, but you're not sure which one. Uh, Shatton's going to run up to one of the children who are playing with the trees and uh, just outright, uh, can you tell us what uh, town we're in? A talking bunny! Holy crap! And runs away. She gets a big grin and chases after. I'm not done with you yet. Mommy, help me! Shatton. Oh. Play later. I screech to a halt. Fine. And just shamble on back. Uh, Vice, what's your passive? Sorry, I was typing. Uh, passive is 12. You would have overheard this interaction. And you glance over and see a small rabbit-shaped person begrudgingly walking back to her group as a child is running into the center of the village. Ice will cork his inkwell uh, or tap out his quill, cork his inkwell and put them both into his bag before blowing into the journal to make sure everything's dry, latching it up and also setting it in the bag and standing up. And just keeping an eye on this group as they walk through, because they seem very peculiar and full of what appear to be fairly uncommon people from around here. So I'm going to walk up a little bit and then try to go to like either the first shop or first person I see and kind of tap them on the shoulder. Oh, don't see your kind very often around here. What can I do for you? Could you, by chance, tell us where we are? Oh, this is the town of Hastholm. Kind of a waypoint between major cities. You looking for anything in particular? Just trying to figure out where we are, for the most part. Well, right now you're kind of uh, between places. If you uh, go back the way you came, go through the forest, you'd end up in Halos Fai. If you uh, keep going down this road to the west, and then follow that north, you'll end up in Green, Green Coast City. I think Hastam is where we need to be for now, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. It. Of course. Good luck. And she just kind of turns around and walks back into the market. So I'm going to go walk back to my compatriots. Well, this is Hastome. I assume this is where we need to be. Now I just need to figure out where you guys need to go. And then I need to figure out who I need to go see. <clears throat> um, Moss wants to take a look around to see if he can spot a tower. Your current vantage point, I will tell you no. Okay. Don't forget, you have tokens to move. Yeah. I figured we were just kind of chilling around here. That. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we should ask around for the tower keeper, because that's who we were told to look for. All right. 
Well, it's your turn to go up to somebody now. I've already asked somebody. And I scared mine. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps you should not run up to children next time. It comes up a bit, as you say, creepy. So I, I want to take a look around to see if I can see somebody that looks almost like important. So we would like possibly know more about the city than anybody, a normal person. Well, town. Right, right now with your vantage point, all you see are what look like regular townsfolk going right. about their business, going to and from the, the northern part of town and then I, coming back down to the south. I'll just walk up to any random one and say, excuse me. Yeah, how can I help you? Um, I'm looking for... What I are you? Uh, uh, I'm a turtle. A what? Turtle. How are you talking right now? With it's my mouth. You ain't, you ain't got no lit. What the fuck are you? <laughs> can I overhear this? Yes. This seems like quite a commotion. <laughs> yes. Okay. We are the product of what you ate this morning. You really shouldn't have had seconds. Oh. What the fuck? Cut it out, chat. Did you just call her shit? Chat. <sighs> we look and act a little bit differently. It doesn't make us terrible people. I'm going to step up to where Moss is. To kind of help out if I need to. Did you just let the plants grow in your hair? Yes, I did. It are takes you, guesswork in the morning. You are a fucking weird group. Talking turtles and rabbits and... I know what you are. Weird seeing you this far west. Don't your kind usually stay in the city? As he's looking at you, Celine. Um, I can't say I've ever been to a city. Really? I thought all the drought lived in the city. No. Vice I lived going... in the Eternal Shade Forest. I have a village there. And you people didn't die? Alright, what is Vice going to do? Vice is gonna run his hand or er, run his hand through his red hair before leaving the tree and walk towards the group and say You must be new here. Makes you say that. To be, well, probably the fact that you seem to be causing quite the commotion with the locals. We're causing you guys, nothing. They're starting it. Who started it doesn't really matter. What matters is, are you here looking for the tower? Yes. Perfect. Boss, am I having a dream right now? What is this? This is possibly the most unusual set of guests that we've ever had come to the tower, but you're not dreaming. No shit. No shit. Oh, it's shit. I, I'm going to Your bed now. Is... Vice, they're on you. Bye. Oh. And he just kind of turns around and shuffles off. Shat? 
Like the past tons of shit? <laughs> it's kind of a nickname that we gave her growing up. God. Uh, well, I am Vice. Moss. Because you're... Because you're a turtle and turtles move slow, I love it. Well, because that's what my parents named me, but sure. Your parents were clever. I'm sorry, your name was... Orthus. Orthus. Got it. <laughs> Shat, Orthus, Moss, and you are looking to the drow. I am Selene. Selene. Excellent. Uh, well, if you guys are in search of the tower, then follow me up the main, up the central road here. Um, don't wander off too far. There are treants, and I can't guarantee your safety if you wander off too far. But if you stay close enough, they don't step on me usually. They haven't yet. They haven't yet. Well, thank you. <clears throat> this seems comforting. Worst case scenario, they step on you and you go in a shell. I don't see a problem. Fair point. Plus, you're probably as tall as they are. I don't think you've seen a treant before, have you? No, I can't say I have. They're a little bit bigger than our, your turtle friend. But that's okay. They only weigh a few tons. So... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, absolutely, yes. So what what brings you guys here besides the, uh, the tower? Uh, we were told to... Well, at least me and these two were told to come seek the tower keeper ah what business do you have with uh master northam no idea ah interesting hoping to find work well there's plenty of work in town but most of it's physical as you can tell it's it's not a very populated town so you know yeah. Cows. I goats. Can, I can see you probably wouldn't be great at material labor. No, I struggled to pick up sacks of potatoes. I could see that. Uh, more uh. potatoes and great. Thought we had do enough you, of those. Do you have a problem with potatoes? Uh, let, let's say a uh, bad history. Had history with potatoes. Mm. Huh. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I don't mind the potato water. The fuck is potato water? As you guys are having this conversation, you approach the grounds of the tower. Standing before you is a humongous tower of stone and plant. Vines interwoven between each block. Trees surrounding the area. 
and humongous tree-like creatures walking the grounds in a steady but slow path. One of these creatures stops and looks down at you, Vice. I look up at the creature that I know to be a tree and go, Hello, friend. There with me, uh, Master Northam says that they're permitted within, so. You hear the grinding of wood as it turns and starts stepping out of your way. Vice, you see the grounds you have been familiar with since the day you arrived. A light mist rolling across the ground, flickering soft green lights floating in the air. Everyone else, you see a thick, menacing fog. The silhouettes of dangerous-looking creatures and sharp teeth and claws floating within the fog. Oh, my hand's just gonna settle onto uh, my weapons. But I'm not gonna pull any. I'm just gonna ask, uh, where the hell did you actually just take us? To the, to the tower. It's right here. So these monsters and whatnot? Monsters? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> what the monsters? Ones, the ones in the fog. You mean the, the mist? There's no monsters in the mist. You can clearly see there's no monsters here. Nice. Uh, I don't know what mist you're talking about, but that's a fog. Vice, roll a history check. <laughs> I might pass this one. Uh, it's going to be a 17. You remember, very faintly, on the day of your arrival, seeing the exact things that they're describing as you stood for the first time on the grounds of this tower. And you remember overhearing Northam telling your mother that this is an illusion meant to deter unwanted guests and that only those that are welcome can see through it. Mm. So Vice will stop and turn to everybody and say, you know, it's been so long that I've been here that I forgot. There is an illusion magic cast upon this place Besides the actual physical treants that roam, as a real defense, the fog that you're seeing and the monsters you're seeing are nothing but illusion to deceive you. It's not going to hurt you. In fact, the only thing, and I don't know if you can see it, 20 feet off to your right is a giant tree that would stomp you to death. But everything else, mostly harmless. I say mostly because you could trip, fall, and die, but mostly harmless. Just an illusion. Can I roll insight to see if Moss believes him or not? Go for it. Moss roll insight, vice roll persuasion. Yeah, motherfucker, you ain't beating me. All right, so that's a natural 20, and my insight is not very good, so 22. You meet me. You met me at 22. 
You believe him. I think I can trust you. Like I said, stay close. And... You'll be totally fine. Because if... Yeah. If a tree does walk up on you, and I'm not there to tell you that you're fine, until we get to the tower, bad things. So let's just move. We'll move slowly. Chat, don't go wandering off. No, I think it'll be best if I stay near you. And we will make our way up towards the tower. You arrive at the door of the tower. It is unlocked. Northam does not believe in locking the door of his tower. He believes that the protections that he has placed outside are enough. And you step into the tower. You see before you a massive wooden hallway. Clean boards, brightly lit with windows set high in the ceiling. Sconces along the walls. Along the walls of between each sconce, you see doors leading into rooms that you cannot see into at the moment. Lining the center of the hallway, along the ground, you see a beautifully made, beautifully woven blue carpet stretching the length of the hallway, lined on each side with tall brass statues of various races. Elves, tiefling, humans, dwarves, all in poses implying great strife and great accomplishment. And standing in the center of the hallway, you see an elderly elf, clad in a green robe covered in yellow leaves, wielding a staff with a large blue opal that shimmers slightly in the sunlight streaming through the windows. Welcome guests. Welcome to my tower. And that is where we will end session one of campaign two, guys. Good job. Woo. Woo. Hey. Oh, yeah. Part the part the gang's all here, guys. And guess what? We didn't meet in a fucking tavern. <laughs> Boom. I hate that cliche so much. <laughs>